and today you can take it how you want to take it. I looked at it and I said, well, you know, this is, this is a fresh moment, a, a great opportunity. Um, it could be a New Year's sermon, but I could preach this very well tomorrow and the day after. But it's, it's a, it is most definitely a message that is projecting vision. Um, and that, I do feel, is important going into a new year. Is you just want to be clear about where you're at, where you're going, what you want, your desires, and things like that. And, and most of all, which is where this message is going to take us, is you want to make sure that in all that you do and all that's going on, you're looking to God. And so as a title for this message, I chose let's look to God. As a church, as individuals, I encourage you today to look to God. As we go into 2023, let's look to God for whatever's going on in your life, situation-wise, whatever it is, let's look to God. You have big plans? Look to God. You don't have any plans at all? Look to God. If you're unsure and you're somewhere in between, look to God. My answer this year for me and my family, it is to look to God. For you, the church, it's look to God. And it's simple. I love how the words of that song said, is it really that easy? It is that easy. Let's look to God in every situation. We, I won't harp on this or beat a dead horse because I've done it before. We come into the new year and, and we have all of the plans and the new resolutions and that's, that's fine. But sometimes we get so caught up in our own thoughts and ideas that we forget to really look to God. Listen, God has... I just, as I prepared this and as I thought, I, I was reminded or I, I realized how blessed we are as a church. God has blessed us. God has truly blessed us. He's provided for us. He's fought battles for us. He's brought us through tough seasons. And and, you know, do, do we got some bumps and bruises? Absolutely. Why would we not? But God has been here. Here, let me, let me make it a little bit more real for you. There are moments when my wife, who deals with the finances, she'll come to me and she'll say, Babe, we don't have enough to cover. I don't know what God's going to do. Or better yet. We need God to do something. And I'm like, all right, well, that's what we need. <laughs> you know, I don't have a, a special thought or idea for her. I'm, I'm not going to go in and, and shake down each person. I mean, I thought about bringing in a, a, a no, I'm joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Good morning. How are you doing? Did you bring your off? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I seen a, I seen a. 
a skit one time where that's, that's what they did. They were up there. They were like, ha, hallelujah, today ha, we're going to take offering. And I have bought the peace of joy. You know, he slams the gun down on the pulpit. <laughs> He's like, now let's get the, I was like, wow. I was, I was dying laughing. But I want to be serious. Um, there's that. And then let's talk about, you know, he, he provided. He has provided. Our bills our bills go paid. They're, they're paid. They're paid. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hide. By, I'm telling you, we have slid by in some situations. But I, I never was concerned. I never was concerned. God has provided. Okay? He's fought battles. Very simple battle, and I could probably think about other ones, but this was one that was just fresh in my mind. The city of Kettering was ready to fine us money that we didn't have. They was ready to cause us issues that for, for something that, you know, really was not even an issue. And God fought our battles. Now, thank goodness it was through a lovely person in our sanctuary that he used and has strategically placed, right? God strategically had someone in the right place at the right time to say the right thing, and that issue went away. I give all credit to God because I know that he fought our battles. And then... Going through tough seasons. PJ came up here. Need I say more? That's just one, right? We've been through. What I'm saying to you is this. We're blessed. We're blessed. I don't know about you, but I know that I have not changed my heart and my desire about where I'm at and what I'm doing. Only because I know he's got me. I know he's got this. And I believe 100% that he's got you. In a, in, in, in a, a situation like this, when God just seemingly, it, it, it's like he just, he just comes in and he takes care of it. It would be easy for us to drift. It would be easy for us to maybe become complacent. To start to just go through the motions. It would be easy. We're going to just come in and Pastor Ben is you know, three songs, you know, your three songs, our announcements, you know, I get up, pastor, and say a little something, and we get done, and go home, come back, and do it again, right? We could just not worry about giving and, and pursuing the one and seeking the Holy Spirit's uh, move and manifestation in our life, like really really desiring it. We could not look for something more for God. We could just be like, meh, it is what it is. 
day to day. We could just settle back. Our prayer life is great. Church is good. We could just settle back and and just coast. But is that okay? Is, Is that okay? Should we want more? Should we desire more? Should we should we be pushing, pushing out more? Am I making sense? You follow me? Okay. I just want to make sure. Is there is there a time? Is there a time? And I mean, I'm asking you, right? Is there a time where we can say, well, I've put in some good work. (laughs) I'm better than the next. I'm better than the next man. Hey, listen, the body dating. We're doing good because I know the church down the street, around the corner, over next county, whatever. I know that they are not doing as good as us, and we are doing good, so. I mean, we could do that, but I don't think, I don't think that's it. I was reminded of God's goodness and, and, and our expected response. I was reminded, I'm thinking through everything I've just told you, and then I was, I was thinking about our expected response. While I was reading through Second Chronicles, a story of a king that he, he wasn't famous, he was a, a follow-up. I mean, it's kind of the way they, they, they put it. He's, just, he's a follow-up. If you want to join me right now, I'm going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, New Living Translation. This king, his name was Asa. I think that's how you pronounce it. I didn't go look it up. He was, he was, it just didn't seem like he was anybody special per se. They didn't give him some grand announcement, introduction. They just were like, his father did X, Y, and Z, and then... Here came the son. But the thing about him that was significant, which I'm going to take one second and I'm going to say this, because in the, in the world we live in, there needs to be a special introduction. In the world we live in, there should be lights and cameras and action, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, you know, like it should be like this big thing. But, it, but is all of that more important than how they introduced this, this guy? And the way they introduced him was just simply... He was a king that was pleasing in God's eyesight. His dad did blah, 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 blah. His dad died. And then came on the scene King Asa, the son of this other guy. And he did all that he did, and it was pleasing in God's eyesight. That's kind of the way it came on. And I was like, well, that's really simple. But I... I, I begin to, my mind begins to kind of 
think about us. My mind began to think about the body dating. And we're not, we're not big. We're not flashy. We're not super special in any kind of way, I don't think. But what I, what I think we do is, is, is what we do is pleasing in God's eyesight. I do believe that. This guy, according to what I read, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm putting myself in the story, as Pastor Jeff would say. He's seen his father in verse, in, in chapter 14, he's seen his father uh, go to war against an army. I'm guessing that he was a young man. But he was old enough to see what was going on. And by all means, please go back and, and, and dig into this further in your own time. I encourage you, go back and, and read 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and 15 and even go on into 16 because 16 is interesting as well. But I'm not going to jump into there. I really just have two verses I want to share with you today. But this this young man, Asa, seen his father go against an army that looked to God. This army looked to God. So here is this young man's father, King Asa. He's watching his father, who was the king at the time, go up against, fight, go to battle with an army who is looking to God. They are seeking God. And in turn, they eradicate his father's army. I mean, they obliterate it. Because his father was not, did not care to look to God. His father looked to numbers, 30,000, right? One million. He looked to numbers that he had. Thousands against hundreds. And this king, his father, was going to go and just eliminate anyone who came into his path until he came to this one army who looked to God. They could not compare, but they looked to God. They sought God. They praised when the battle got serious, when, when the enemy was in front of them and the enemy was behind them and they, they were seemingly done, they lifted up their praise and they won the battle. This is what this young man, I believe, heard about. I could, I could imagine the father brought him out to the battlefield as they prepared for battle. Thousands of men at his command. He's walking with his son beside him. And they're looking on at the rows and rows. Men in formation, ready to go into battle. And the son is like, 
Dad, this is awesome. Dad, I can't wait to take over. And he sends his son home to keep him safe. This is not in the Bible. This is just how I see this. Sends his home, sends his son home. Son is there awaiting his father to come home with the, with the results, right? With the victory. But instead, a word comes back that they were there. They had them cornered. They had them surrounded. Everything was going good. And, and I don't know what happened, sir, as they talked to the son. We don't, we don't know what happened. All we know is, is in the midst of us about to come down on them with everything we had, they begin to lift up praise to God. And next thing we know, we lost. There's the son. He hears this message. His dad comes home defeated. I don't know how long his dad lived after that. I do know that he did live some time after that. And then he died. And then the son becomes king. And it says the son. And all he did was pleasing in the eyesight of God. <laughs> Something happened in that young man. He's seen more than maybe some others did. He was paying attention to what needed to be paid attention to. He learned the lesson that God intended for him to learn. Was it, was it him that God was trying to teach a lesson to? I don't know. Probably not. Or maybe he was. Because that's what I just said. I just, I just got finished saying how God is a God who is uprooting at the same time planting. I just got finished praying about how God is a God who is taking care of each one of us individually, but at the same time taking all of us at the same time, caring for all of us at the same time. And so here he is making a point. Here he is honoring worship and praise that is being sent up to him. Here he is protecting. And at the same time, he's tearing down and making sure it's clear that without me, you're nothing. And at the same time, he's teaching a young man to follow me and you too. So here this young man is and, and the word of the Lord comes to him and his people. Second Chronicles chapter 15, and I'm going to say it's verse 2b, because I'm not going to read the first part of it, but it, it, it says like this, starts like this, goes, listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Come on. That young man got a lesson. Did he not? I mean, did he get a lesson or did he? Listen, he's listening to the word of the Lord. He's seeing what God will do. So in that moment, it's, it's sealed. There is something that has now been sealed in his heart, in his mind. 
If you stay with God, he will stay with you. If you seek him, you will find him. Come on. What's it say? If you knock, <laughs> the door will be open. Yeah, like, I, man, sometimes I just love the way the Bible just, it just wraps around. If you seek him, but, but, but if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Now, I know some of you are like, well, wait a second. That shouldn't be. Well, watch this. We've, we've had this lesson. Let's look at it again real quick. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Jesus said, I will neither, I will not forsake you. Right? Where does, where does the line draw? Here's the deal. Because I just want to have clarity on this. It says, if you leave him. Pastor Jeff's preached this message, I don't know how many times, about the prodigal son. The father is there. And when the son approaches, he runs out to him. But when the son leaves, the father did not run to go find him. He didn't leave the place. I have preached a thousand times, and, and I still believe this. God is, God is everywhere. He is everywhere. But what he will not do is he will not infiltrate, manifest, or operate where he's not wanted. So if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Prayers, prayers can obviously be sent up. And man, it, I didn't want this to be a Bible study. And I'm not going to make it a Bible study. But I could show you scriptures and I'm pretty sure I just preached on this not too long ago where God was like, I'm going to tell you clearly that I will not hear your prayers. I mean, he slams it down. I am not listening to you because you are not right. I just I just want as much as I want to be uplifting and encouraging, I want you to have the full story. I want you to understand that there, there are consequences. God is a loving and gracious God. But if you continue to run away from him, he will let you go. But that's not what happens here. That's not what's happening here at all. As a matter of fact, his father, Asa's father, that's what happened to him. He did not chasten after God. He did not repent. And he died. 
kingdom being ran into the ground. His son takes over, realizes the mistake, begins to live differently, begins to live in for God, with God, seeking God. Not perfect, but living for God. And then at a moment, he comes and he makes, he shares, right? Well, the word of God comes and, and is shared. Stay with God, he'll stay with you. These people were reminded, as you continue to read on through three, four, five, six, and on, these people are reminded then that God had come to their aid when in trouble, when in need. They're reminded of how God had taken care of them. They're reminded of how God had come to the aid of his people. These people being his people. Let me be clear about something. The king, the dad, he was leading some of the same people. So let's be clear on the fact that now Asa king is doing and having the kingdom do what they should do. But the dad did not. Watch this even better. The battle that they were having, that they were fighting, where they had the people surrounded, they too were Israelites. This was not some random group of people. They too were Israelites. So what you're talking about is two separate families. One, understanding we have to continue to serve God. The other being like, we don't really need him. Why am I saying this to you? Because this is a message for the church. Not just the body dating, but for the church as a whole. For God's people. For the kingdom of God. For Christians. I want you to look at this from a bigger, a much larger perspective. I want you to look at it individually, but from a much larger perspective. Because while you think, while you think you have it under control, while you think you're doing what you need to be doing, while you are getting distracted by what's important, like they did, the numbers, you could be totally missing what's really important. While the people with the low numbers, what they realized they needed to do was praise. They needed to look to God. I'm going somewhere, stick with me. These people were reminded, okay? King Asa reminded his people that God had actually done all that he said he would do. And something that he realized was that they had allowed space. They had allowed distractions. They had become 
somewhat complacent. He could see a pattern. This is what I believe. He could see a pattern developing in his people. Once the king heard the words from God and was reminded, he took action. Knowing God's word is true. He began to clean up. He began to make right the things that were wrong. He began to take action as a leader should. He began to do what needed to be done. Then, after leading by example, he called upon the people. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 12, if you want to go there with me, it says this. He called, well, wait, let me just set the, he called all the people, all of his people, he called them all in to talk to them. Verse 12, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. As a leader, I desire to invoke and inspire you all as he did his people. To look to God. With all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. To look to God. Because if we get distracted, if we allow the spaces between us and God, if we allow anything to disrupt our connection, we will end up, we can end up with all the numbers in the world. We can end up with the biggest and best churches ever and end up falling flat on our face. I won't go into the details of it, but I recently, I recently read about this. And I was, I was, I was really blown away. A church a church, a multi-campus church, multi-campus, all over, all over the United States. Matter of fact, I think, I think this church even had, had locations in other countries. Massive. Million dollar buildings. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in rental properties, locations. Thousands of people filling up each location. Radio, podcast, video. I mean, this church was doing it all. The pastor was in every big conference you could think of. His name was everywhere. Books was being written. I mean, man, I listened to the guy. 
I, I mean, to this day, a lot of the things that he said, I'm like, man, that's solid. And just literally, overnight, I've never heard of this in my life. And I mean, I'm sure it's happened. But on this level, literally, from one week to the next, this church was non-existent. I mean, just gone. It wasn't like this year-long slow trickle of a dying church. It was like the pastor was gone and everybody else was just like, what do we do? Do you know how that happens? The people weren't looking to God. The people weren't looking to God. This young man's father, King Asa, the new king, realized as his father surrounded this army, this much smaller army, they were not looking to their leader. They were not sending praises up to their leader. They were sending praises and worship up to God in heaven. And that was the difference. What I, as a leader, want to do, we may not be the most flashy church. We may not be the biggest church in the world. We may not have all the bells and whistles. But what I want, what I think we have, and what I want to continue to have is a God who looks upon us and is pleased by what he sees. The possibilities of all the extras, that's great. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be the one to tell you that that's, that doesn't sound cool. I'm not going to be the one to tell you that, you know, not being concerned with a budget doesn't uh, sound appealing to me. I'm not going to be the one to tell you that knowing that I have hundreds of people to choose, you know, or, or volunteering, knocking down my door to do the next wonderful thing. I'm not going to tell you that that doesn't sound appealing to me because it does. Because to me, when I hear that or see that it, it computes because of the way my mind has been organized, it says, we're getting, we're getting church done. We're doing ministry now. But Jesus had 12. And look what they did. See, we talk about that, but we are not programmed that way. I had a conversation with Pastor Ben, and I was like, Ben, why do we do this? Why do we preach a good word and then say the exact opposite? Why do we talk a good game and then operate completely different? I mean, we just cannot shake it. To me, I feel like it's like a pit bull and grabbed a hold of my ankle and I'm like trying to shake it off. You know, <laughs> like I know that's just a weird, but that's the way I feel. It's just like, this is not it. This is not comfortable. We probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm steadily dragging it with me. 
And you know why? Because we can't bring ourselves to just. I love dogs, okay? I do, so please don't. But we just can't bring ourselves to just shoot it. We can't just shoot it dead. As soon as we just put one in it, it's going to release and let us go. I'm, and I'm, I'm, listen. Can I, can I be honest? I don't know how. I don't know how to kill that thing. <laughs> See, he's a gun owner. <laughs> but hear what I'm saying, though. I, I hear you, but think, think about that. Because a dog, who, who, who wants to just shoot a dog? Nobody wants to do that. I understand that there's some pain involved, but it's like, I'm going to end this dog's life. Can't we just try to pry his teeth off? That's more time and work that we're putting in. And what am I saying? What I'm saying is, is I, don't, I don't physically, the plan, I don't know how to get away from constantly running after the wrong thing. Because it's so easy to do. But what I do know, people of the body Dayton and anyone else watching, what I do know and what I believe God has revealed to me and that I want to say to you is let's look to God. Let's look to God. Let's keep our minds so fervently stayed on him that if this place would fill to the T and lights and cameras were everywhere, our focus would be on him. Like right now, when the Christmas trees and these lights here are the lights that we have, right now, let's, let's keep our mind stayed on him. Let's be so focused on him that as the things come and go, I mean, we know, we're aware, but our true focus is him. Every request, every complaint, every desire, every hope, everything is right here. When it doesn't look, when, if, if Pastor Dwayne started to go off the rails right now, Let's take a second. Let's take a second. If I went off the rails right now, how concerned are you? How confident are you in God, his connection with you and the body dating? I understand people need leaders. I get it. But you can't tell me that out there on that field, in the midst of battle, you cannot tell me that those people had to give up any hope of their leader doing anything for them, aside from listening to what he said. 
the leader of the army who looks to his people and says, let's look to God. Let's give worship. Let's let our voices ring out so loud that he can't, he can't do anything but put all of his attention and focus right here on us to keep us safe from these 30,000 people. And there is the leader right there in the midst of all of them going, God, you're awesome. God, the mighty one. God, the omnipotent one. God, the, the warrior of all words. God, the, you know, God, come to our aid here in this moment. Do what you will do. Be who you can be and defeat these 30,000 as we stand here at 600. And God's like, now that, that's focus. You're about to die. <laughs> You're about to die. You have 30,000 weapons pointed at you, ready to come and cut you apart. And all you can do is look to me. Not just in, please help us. But in God, the God of the universe. It's a new year. Here's, here's my thought. Let us, I encourage you individually, but I am asking you as the church, as the body Dayton, corporately, in this new year, in this new season, this new time, let us with one heart intentionally, intentionally with purpose, let us seek God together. With purpose, on purpose, intentionally, let us seek God together. You heard my wife share with you, which I was going to share with you now. I am asking you, I'm asking you to fast. For this first week, I am asking you to lay down and give up anything that brings you absolute Comfort. I am asking you to find something that you feel like you can't do without. I'm asking you to find something that you're so used to doing that you don't even think about it anymore. I want you to remove something from your life that you will, after a couple days, think to yourself, Oh, this was a bad idea. I'm asking you to make yourself uncomfortable. I'm asking you to kill, destroy, and maim your fleshly desires. 
And while you're doing that, I am asking you to replace that time. I am asking you to replace that thing. I'm asking you to intentionally with focus to replace that with the word of God, with prayer. I don't know exactly how it's supposed to look, but can I give you some ideas, just some thoughts? And you may have a better one. Say you decide, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start small, right? In my ideas, my concepts, because I'm speaking to a wide range of people. I'm going to stop looking at social media. How do, you, how do you replace that? I mean, you didn't have a scheduled time to do that. So how do you replace it? How do you intentionally and on purpose replace that with the word of God in prayer and focusing? And this is just my opinion. But I know that when I think to myself, and I'm blessed here because... Social media is not something that I'm like, oh, I need to, I want to go, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this. But there are times when I'm like, I'm not doing anything and I'm bored. I'm going to go look at Instagram. I'm sitting in a classroom with a bunch of kids who are really on my nerves. I'm just going to go look at Facebook. <laughs> as soon as I have that thought, pause. No, I'm fasting that. And though I want to do it, I need to do the opposite, which is pray and, 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 and read my word. Well, I can't just, or wait, man, ooh, I just went down a path. Because I was about to say, I can't just dive into the word of God when I'm sitting in, in the room with a bunch of kids. But I could have easily dove into Facebook. That's, <laughs> that's something to think about. Uh, so I'm not going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read the verse of the day. I'm going to read, continue my plan that I started for a little while. I'm going to sit here in my classroom and I'm going to begin to pray for each one of these individuals. I'm going to begin to pray for the, for the people who are in my eyesight. I'm at work. I'm standing at the water jug. Do they even do that anymore? I'm, I'm there in the office, and I'm standing at the coffee machine, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to pull out Facebook while I'm pouring coffee. Wait a second. No, I'm not. Who's in the room with me? I'm going to pray for him or her. Wait a second. Maybe I'm not drinking coffee. Hmm. I'm going to go get me some coffee. Wait a second. No, I'm not. I'm going to pray and seek God. I'm not eating food. I'm driving and there's Burger King. Man, what I like a Whopper. Pause. I'm going to turn on my Bible and listen to it for the remainder of my drive. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm at home and I'm not watching TV. Man, I'm bored out of my mind. I really could watch a TV show. No, I'm not going to do that. But the TV show is about 45 minutes and I was about to spend that time watching the TV show. Why don't I go to my prayer closet and read my word and pray? Now we're getting to the points where we got scheduled time stuff. You know, I like those. Some of you guys are like, golly, he just blew out everything. Now I'm going to be held accountable to this. I don't know. But as your leader, just as Asa did, I am, I am challenging you. I am challenging you to, like you've never done before, to put focus and, and time into your, your time with God. Giving up one thing, two things, three things, whatever you decide, giving that all up in order to kill your flesh and to work against yourself for the betterment of yourself and the furtherment of the kingdom of God. And then one other thing, I am going to ask you for the next month. Now, hold on for you flip out on me. It's four days. I think just four, four days, four nights, four nights, Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night for the month of January, I'm going to ask you to come and for us to corporately pray together. Corporately seek God together. If you can't come, I'm, I'm going to say it. Again, you can, blame, you can blame Ben for this one. I was having a conversation with Ben and Courtney. Courtney, too. Courtney, she chimed in on this one, I remember. So, and it was like, man, we have a good church. Church is good. But we're lacking him. We're lacking in a spot. And it's a tough one. Because it's, it's so similar to each and every one of us individually. And it's, it's this. We are, so, like, we can be so sold out for God. But man, do we find reasons. We have, we have reasons upon reasons not to do certain things. And just to be clear. I'm going to use myself. And I know I may be, I may be poking some areas because I know when we sat on that couch and we were looking at each other, we all were like, oh, <laughs> oh. When this first came to my mind, I was like, you know what? Every Sunday, Sunday evening, call the people back for Sunday night prayer. Instantly, instantly it was like, uh, I don't know if you should do that because, you know, so-and-so has to do this, so-and-so has to do this, so-and-so has to do this. And me, I was like, dang it. You know what? I don't care. I was like, Lord, you know what? If we're going to do this, then we got to sacrifice. 
And then it was like, and you have basketball. And I was like, oh, dang. (laughs) And just that quick, come on, get with me here. Just that quick, I was like, well, we can't do it on Sunday. Come on. There's that dog latched to my ankle. How do we fix that? Am I just supposed to go and tell them, hey, for this month, I ain't going to be there. What would happen if I did? Wow. What would happen? That's the kind of challenge that I used to get when I was younger. I remember that. I remember the challenges I used to get from different pastors and leaders. They'd be like, Dwayne, don't take that job if you're going to have to work on Sunday. When's the last time you had one of those? I remember those. The message has been over. I'm sorry. Every Wednesday night from six to eight, there will be a specific order and structure. But every Wednesday night for the month of January from six to eight, I'm asking you, to come and be present for prayer, corporate prayer. And we are going to pray for repentance, intimacy, thankfulness, family, the church, our nation, its leaders, the lost, freedom, vision, generosity, worship, wisdom, forgiveness, patience, rest, Unity, faith, focus, purpose, hunger, and devotion. You know what? That's all I can do. All I can do is challenge you. And I'm going to press just a little bit right here in the only time I'm going to do it. I did. I moved it from Sunday to Wednesday. I didn't just do that on my account. I did that on a couple different people that I know on their account as well. I put it on Wednesday. And the reason I put it on Wednesday is because I know that the kids come out on Wednesday. And I'm going to say it like this. If the young people can come out on Wednesday night and devote themselves to have an amazing time in God. And we've seen the growth in those young people, then can you? That's the way I'm going to put that. That's the only time I'm going to push. That's the only time I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to announce this every week, but I'm not going to attempt to do anything extra. I'm asking you, as your leader here in this church, let's come together corporately and pray. All right? I'm going to close this out in prayer. Lord God, I just come into you right now. I thank you and I praise you for your word. I thank you and I praise you, Father, that we were able to look at King Asa and see, see the way his father did what he did and with numbers could not defeat a people who looked to you. Out of that 
Asa made a decision to lead his people and to encourage his people to look to you. To enter into covenant. To seek you. As their ancestors had done with all of their heart and soul. God, today you've heard me stand before our people and I'm hoping that we can enter into a covenant to seek you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, all of our strength. And God, I pray that as we do this, you would hear us, you would see us and you would begin to transform us individually and as a church that you would use us as tools to shape, to tear down, and to build up all that you desire to do. If there's anybody in here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to let that be a thing, to make that a thing for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today you want to do that, if you would raise your eyes, I would love to pray with you. I won't call you up. All right. If you do have any other prayer requests, I will be standing up here, and I would love to pray with you after service, or you can grab any number of people to pray with you. Lord, be with your people. Keep them. Minister to them. And I pray that this word today will just continue to turn over in their minds as we go forward into our week. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thank you all for coming today. We love you. Enjoy the rest of this what was rainy day. <laughs> Facebook, God bless you.